What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Lombard Trucking Show. This is episode 86, coming at you live now from Laredo, Texas, here at the border, Biden border crisis? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Border is crazy down here, though. Not sure if any of you fellow drivers have been venturing down to Laredo. Uh, it is busy down here. It is hot. It has not been outside of the triple digits for quite some time. It's uh, beaming. I just delivered a load, actually, which is just... Just on the border to uh, of Laredo, I could you could see the fence in the in the Rio and where there's a small valley where the where the river is. I had delivered that hay baler from Kansas. I dropped it off. That hay baler is actually going to go into Mexico, and it's going to go work on a Mexican farm. So all's well that ends well. It is slow. I can tell you that demand is slow. I'm waiting on a load right now, which is normally is unheard of. Normally Laredo and Waterloo for me, uh, Waterloo being where John Deere is set up. Uh, normally, I'm able to pick right up with another load. I should be chaining down right now and and be getting ready to roll out tomorrow. But here we are. Um, it is, you know, 646 Central Time, and it's time to go live because we've got some great, great news to cover. But like I said, if you are coming down to Laredo, be careful. Make sure to hydrate. Stay safe. Border Patrol and Texas DPS is everywhere. The uh, Pearsall County area is hot and heavy on DOT inspections. They are running and gunning down here at Texas DPS. That's the Department of Public Safety. They are hunting you down for DOT violations, even though the border isn't as secure as it probably should be. Uh, Texas DPS needs to make sure that they can shake, shake motor carriers down for money, like we aren't being shaken down for as much money it is. So just be safe as you're going down to Laredo drivers out there or anybody in general. Uh, just just about a month ago, I did see two people detained off the side of Interstate 35 with a huge spotlight on them. They were on their knees in cuffs wearing uh, long black, uh, long sleeves and long pants. And they were being cuffed right off, uh, right by the mile marker 32 as well. Uh, recent breaking news. We just had a tractor trailer in San Antonio once again get found with some 30 illegal immigrants. Similar story happened last year where uh, almost all of them perished in the back of a tractor trailer. So where people like to think that uh, the Biden border crisis, you know, I just like to say that because it's kind of funny, isn't real. It very much is. Uh, there's a lot of activity going on down here in Laredo. I was just in Eagle Pass. It is very busy. Uh, so don't uh, don't listen to uh, the fake lamestream media when you can just come here, man. Come to the Lombard Trucking Show. I'm not going to bullshit you. But anyways, let's, let's get right into it here. All last week, I covered Yellow Freight uh, because Yellow... Essentially, just to make a long story short, they got into an argument with the Teamsters, sued the Teamsters, uh, you know, a little over a month ago because they were trying the One Yellow initiative to consolidate a lot of the carriers that they've been acquiring over the last 10, 15 years. The Teamsters said, hey, we need to open up the collective bargaining agreement because job descriptions are going to change. Yellow said, fuck you. And then they essentially started beefing. And then all of a sudden, a month after that, Yellow's like, we don't have any money. And we need you to bail us out. And the team's just like, well, we did that before. So no. And then yellow didn't pay into the central states pension fund last week. Uh, and then the team's just like, well, you breached the contract. So we're going to go on strike Monday. And then in the 11th hour on Sunday night, uh, a strike was averted because the actual pension fund themselves said, okay, we'll spot it. You got 30 days yellow to uh, redeposit those funds in the account or else, you know, we're, we're back to square one. Now, me personally, I think the government got involved there. I think that um, possibly the executive branch, somebody 
made a phone call and said, we can't have this happen. Uh, as we covered on the show with Rachel Premack, who uh, is the editorial director over there at Freight Waves, she enlightened us that yellow, that the U.S. government has a 30% stake in yellow, Y or C. So it goes to show you that. So that, I mean, that's DOD stuff. That's military uh, freight, you know, so they couldn't, you know, Uncle Sam couldn't couldn't go with the free market, you know, putting a halt to uh, what they need to get done because of, you know, all the bullshit going on at yellow. But neither here nor there. So they didn't go on strike Monday, but yet the drama didn't stop. And actually, so as of today, Rachel Premack came out with this article is that yellow was limiting pickups nationwide from a leaked memo. Yellow appears to be halting pickups in some areas of the Northeast, as well as Ohio, California, Texas. According to an account executive who spoke to Freight Waves anonymously and company communication shared with Freight Waves nationwide, Yellow said in a memo sent to employees and shared to Freight Waves on Tuesday, it was limiting pickup operations in all terminals. One employee shared the email from Yellow Management, which was signed company communication and sent to all Yellow employees. It says, quote, the threat of a strike on Monday, July 17th led to catastrophic shipment declines. Last week, as customers needed to ensure their shipments could be serviced without interruption and not caught up in a strike of undetermined length. It goes on as a result, these unfortunate as a result of these unfortunate circumstances and the impact on the network. We are limiting pickup operations in all terminals over the coming days. The company is focused on delivering existing shipments in the network to its valued customers and communicating with our employees on new developments while we continue working an accelerated process with union discussions. And there's a screenshot listed here of the message. So it goes on. Two account executives based in different states in the Northeast shared that Yellow Chief Commercial Officer Jason Bergman had told sales employees on Monday, on a Monday call that Yellow would be servicing freight as usual and to inform clients that the company would be resuming pickups. Tuesday afternoon, those employees said their bosses had instructed them and their colleagues to go home and that the company is ceasing pickups for the rest of the day. Quote, I was told the future is very uncertain. One Northeast account exec told Freightways, it's just unfortunate. Sunday night, it was a big thing for us to get back to our customers and say, hey, everything is well and good for just a day later not to pick up freight. You can go check out that article at FreightWaves.com. Make sure to go find Rachel Premack. She is on Twitter, uh, a great freight account. She was also following the UPS strike, which UPS strike has been averted uh, as well. Uh, they came to an agreement, a historic agreement, a big win for the Teamsters, but we kind of covered last week that the UPS strike was likely not to happen because the Teamsters were willing to let yellow die. And here we are. Yellow is going to end up dying. Now, what I think happened is the government did get involved with with this. They said, hey, we, we need to make something happen. We need to make something happen because the federal government's bailed out pension funds before. So I think the federal government has came in and said, hey, no, we can't just like let this abruptly stop. We can't do this. You know, we can't just let it happen. You know, because, you know, the like I like I mentioned last week, the oligarchs would get butthurt. Um, so I think the reason why they intervene is because this was still just it. All they were doing was just delaying the inevitable uh, by doing this. There was no yellow. The yellow is in no way being saved after this article. Essentially, they're, they're done. There is no coming back from this. Last week, customers yanked up so much freight from uh, from yellow. So there's like there's the sour taste has already been put inside inside the mouths of yellow's customers so there's just there's really just no comeback from this and you know all they were doing is switching seats on the titanic delaying the inevitable and just getting the rest of the freight that they had out there um to go and that's 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 really it that's the nail in the coffin 
for yellow. That's going to be them. They're just going to ride ride it out until eventually the ba- the bankruptcy's happening. If they're not taking any more shipments, that means they're done. They're going to dissolve. They're going to file Chapter Seven. They're going to liquidate. What can you do? And here we have some live comments going in here. Uh, and Trap Bloggers says it. That $700 million got fried. And like Rachel Premack said last week on the show, that $700 million is under investigation by the U.S. Congress on where the hell the money went. Like I said, they bought G-Wagons and sent their execs to Las Vegas. They they torched the money. That's what they did. That's what a lot of businesses did with the free money that was all printed during COVID. They just, you know, bought G-Wagons so they can write them off however they could and did nothing because they thought the endless money tree, they're like, oh, let's keep reinvesting. The economy will never go down. It'll come back. Once COVID goes away, it'll come back. And now look where we're at. We're having a a hundred-year-old LTL carrier, a former competitor of the original Lombard trucking is going to go down in flames. So, yeah, um, uh, you know, I get it. It's not over till it's over, but, you know, we'll, we'll see you when we see you, Yellow. You're going to have to you're going to have to prove otherwise. But now the main reason why I wanted to go live, and it's because, uh, you know, I've had a lot of friends of mine reach out to me because as as much as I have very good friends who've, who've been paying attention to to my content since the jump, since I started the show, uh, the the idea of me having a legitimate internet beef or hater with uh, with a gentleman is something new because most of my content is obviously directed towards uh, helping others and uh, health, wellness, fitness. So it, it's, it seems odd for me to get into uh, a quote unquote a beef with somebody. But also since I started the show and what has become the overall goal of the show, which is to keep the conversation going essentially ever since, you know, Gord McGill came on the show. And essentially red pilled me into the disaster that is, you know, what's going on in the logistics industry is, I mean, you know, there's there's a huge integrity issue going on in the freight industry. And so some months back, we'll start right from the beginning. Uh, a few months back, back in March, a friend of mine sent me a TikTok video of and I've mentioned the guy on this show before because I've, I've mentioned this exact story because this is. Because I mentioned the course, the course guys, the course sellers, you know, the the gurus who want to sell you uh, how to do something, something you can essentially learn on your own, something that you actually have to do the work for. There's no course for something like trucking. There's no course for something you got to like I've also said before, there's no such thing as passive income. You want income, you got to work, period. End of story. There's no such thing. There's no, you, you're not. Don't sell me that bullshit. That's the biggest grift that I've ever heard. Some people are like, oh, you scared money, don't make no money. You're just a hater. No, I'm a realist. That's all I am. So somebody sent me this video, and it was of our friend, G-Face. He was uh, sitting at a, in his living room with a gold money counter on the table with stacks of cash. And he was counting money, and, and essentially he was saying, all this money right here is clean money. I don't mess with dirty no money no more. I don't do that anymore. This is all clean money. This is clean money. And let me tell you about this trucking game. And he goes on and on and he and he gives this long diatribe about what you have to do to get into the trucking game. And he goes, he says, and it's funny how he sets it up. He's like, all you need is $20,000. <laughs> like that's it. That's his, uh, that's his initial pitch. It's like, if you got $20,000, you could do, you could be a millionaire. And he goes on to say like, you need to get your motor carrier authority. You need to get your, uh, you know, your MC, your DOT number, you have to get your uh, insurance, you have to get your, you know, and he talks about getting the brokerage bond. He goes into all the, 
nuts and bolts kind of, of setting up your carrier authority, setting up your brokerage. And within that video, he describes double brokering. And we'll get into and double brokering. And I'll, I'm going to play the video for you that he made uh, recently where double brokering is where you take your your original carrier authority. You, you, you book the load from a broker or a shipper and then you resell that load for cheaper and you pocket the money. And I've met, we've mentioned double brokering on the show before. You've heard me reiterate, um, you know, Eastern European crime syndicates, Chicago based carriers. That that sort of rhetoric is what I'm talking about because this is this is the fraud that's been going on in the industry. This person is just brazenly out in the open describing this. Now, what's funny is on TikTok, and if you're familiar with TikTok, you can stitch videos. And a stitched video for anybody who doesn't uh, use TikTok is where you can play the first five seconds of somebody else's video, and then you can share your thoughts. It's, it's awesome. It's a great way to engage with other people on the app. It's really funny. Some of those are the, are the funniest videos. It's, they're, they're the best ways to like clap back because you have the receipts of their original video as opposed to quoting them. So it's a great feature. He has that turned off. Hmm. Wonder why. <laughs> and even though he's trying to sell you his course for $2,000. So he has it off. So I've got to download CapCut and I've got to screen record his video or save his video, download it to my phone, re-upload it, cut it myself. Very cumbersome. It's annoying. I'm a busy guy. Okay. I don't have time to just be editing your videos, you know, but the work doesn't stop here, you know, uh, when it comes to frauds. And so I make a video where I, you know, stitched, I did what is a stitch. And what's, what I loved about it is the video I stitched at the beginning, he's saying for all those people out there who saying, he, he's a scam. He's a fraud. He's this. And then I cut it. And then that's where I say, well, if you couldn't tell by his original video, he's a fraud. And I go on to describe why he's a fraud. And I explain about how in all of his videos, he doesn't talk about trucking at all. He doesn't talk about IFTA, the International Fuel Tax Agreement. He doesn't talk about getting your plates. He doesn't talk about actually getting your CDL. He just talks about hiring drivers. And hello, we've been talking about the fake driver shortage narrative that the ATA keeps selling. We've been talking about that a lot on this show. So companies can't even keep drivers in the seat, but he says you could just hire drivers. And he says he pays his drivers 40 cents a mile. 40 cents a mile is less than I was making at the first motor carrier I drove for, Pam Transport, a mega carrier. If you're going to work for a small carrier, if you're going to work for a, a guy who owns two to five trucks or whatever, you but if you're going to pay 40 cents a mile, so, something's wrong. If you're if you're willing to accept 40 cents a mile, it's because you either had a DUI, uh, po possibly a recent felony, like by recent, I'm talking within the last five years, or you failed a drug test. So that's those are the types of people take 40 cents a mile and it's 1099 with no benefits. And in a way, him saying that he's paying 40 cents a mile is showing you that the system he has set up is just another part of the industry that's hell bent on suppressing wages. So, and then I go on again, you know, he, he doesn't talk about his experience with calling shippers, calling brokers, what brokerages he, he mentions. He doesn't mention any of this, any detail. He never shows his trucks. And then, and, but all he did mention, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm talking about the original video I made where I called him out as a fraud. All he mentions is that he'll sell you a course on how to do it. Who's going to buy that? Why, why would you want to buy that? What does a course do? Because the, the internet is free game. Sorry, my phone fell. The internet is free game. You can learn everything that he was talking about for free on YouTube. 
not that hard. Listen to the Trucking for Millennials podcast. Listen to Voice of Gordon. Listen to this show. Listen to What the Truck on Freightways. Go on Twitter. Talk to us. You can learn this for free. So all he's got to do is all he has to do is sell a course. But the the craziest thing of all, because we've talked about algorithms on this show, we talk about how that they're very specific, they're deadly, X, Y, Z. That's the craziest part is that his videos now on TikTok, trucker talk is a thing. It's a it's a real thing, as in um, if you're a truck driver and you're posting about trucking on um, TikTok is other drivers are going to see your content because the algorithm is that smart. So if I'm at a truck stop and I shit talk it, it'll get pumped into the algorithm because it's trucker talk, especially based off hashtags. If you're talking about trucking, drivers will pick it up. His videos have no drivers in his comment section. I made one TikTok video where I talked about how um, not having your own carrier authority and being a, a leased on as a contractor with your own truck is still an owner operator. And it got like 50,000 views and thousands of comments off the cuff, just blows up. This guy in his videos is sp- talking very specifically about trucking, drive, you know, hiring drivers, all this stuff. And all of his comments are from people who have nothing to do with trucking. They're all put me on, put me on, yo, for real. Thank you for this game. Thank you. Thank you. Like thinking he's a fucking hero. For, for, li- for literally lying to them, for telling them, I'm going to sell you a course on how you could break the law. That's what I tell him. But that's his market. And he's figured that out. See, because his market is to, his market is geared towards disenfranchised people. The drivers he's hiring, like I said, they may have failed a drug test. They may have a felony. They may have DUI. And I'm not passing judgment on them. I got friends who've been to Yale, friends who've been to jail. I, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about anybody's past like that. I don't care. And G, and G face himself as a felon. I could care less. I don't care. Like I said, I know plenty of felons. <laughs> I, I don't give a shit. I've said on this, on this show before, I'm, I'm of Christian faith. I don't care about anybody's past past. Make, you made peace with it. You made peace with it yourself and the Lord. Awesome, man. Great. Good for you. Now, what are you doing? So that's the thing. He's catering to people who are less enfranchised, who want to see what he's putting out there. Because what he shows in his videos is material wealth. He's showing gold money counters, stacks of cash. He knows that other people of, of a disenfranchised demographic, they're going to think that that's attractive because they think that, that that equals success. They think big big wads of money, Maybachs and Lamborghinis equals success. I don't know. Steve Jobs never walked around like that. Bill Gates walks around looking like a piece of shit. You know, weird, weird how that uh, uh, how that works. But anyways, so not to go on for diatribe because it, it, uh, about the original video, but so I go and what it's just it's just a work of fate. The Internet is such a funny thing because here's how this even happened is I went live the other night on TikTok because I've been trying to go live more on TikTok to promote a healthy weekend or not healthy weekend. Uh, I'm reading live YouTube comments to promote a healthy lifestyle. I've been going because we're in the middle of uh, the eight week summer transformation challenge on the first format. So I've been going live to show that, hey, I just drove 500 miles and I'm getting out for a walk, you should too. And but and I've been getting good numbers on these lives and it's full of a lot of people who are like asking trucking questions and I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I thought that the people who would tune in would just be like followers. You know, I, I'm over 11,000 on TikTok, so I thought it's just pe- people who have found my profile. But no, it's guys who are like, hey, get my CDL soon. It's really cool. And this one kid from New Jersey, local driver, 
he's talking to me and I'm engaging with him with his questions. And because during that, because somebody kept asking, like, should I lease purchase from a company? Should I do this? And trust me, we got a whole episode to do on lease purchase scams because that's a whole other side of this industry. Mentioned that with Desiree a few episodes ago. But so he starts talking to me and then, uh, you know, I kind of and I it, it came up. I came up on the live feed like, hey, don't buy courses, like especially from guys like this. The kid from Jersey ends up following me and then he goes and he goes back through my videos. He finds the video I made, G-Face, tags G-Face in it. I thought I was initially blocked by G-Face. I thought I was initially blocked by him because I've tried to go back to his profile and I couldn't find it. He tags him and then and uh, and he immediately DMs me. He goes, hey, I I, uh, he goes, I'm sorry if I tagged him. I don't want to like get in the middle, get in the middle of you guys or anything. I just, I was following him and I, I thought maybe he was telling the truth, but you're telling me he's not. So I was like, nah, don't worry about it, man. It's cool. And then five minutes later, I get a comment on one of my videos. Hey, G face made a video talking about you. And I went on a video and I fucking about lost it. Cause that was the funniest thing ever. So let's, let's, let's play uh, G faces video. They played for me. Let me bring it up on the screen. Uh, right now, I just figured this out. The, the boomer in me figured this out. So he, here, here's what he. Make sure the volume's up. Here's what this clown did. So if you couldn't tell by that guy's video, he's an actual fraud, uh, and you could tell. So I guess I'm feeling a little generous. So I'm gonna give a clown a little bit of clout, since you guys could tell he doesn't have any views. Uh, for this idiot to say that I don't know what IFTAs is. I pay my IFTAs every quarter. That's every three months. I have my IFTA uh, tag on the side of my truck. I do factoring. My factoring company is LVMV Corp. You could go check it out yourself. 2.5% rate if I want my quick pays. At the end of the day, I have eight Freightliner uh, Cascadias and I have nine drivers. One of them team, eight solos. But you're a truck driver. I'm a truck company owner. You drive for me, you dumb dumb. You stupid. Got the Maybach. Got the Lamborghini. Got the $1.5 million house. What you doing? You making a fool out of yourself, bro. Running around, sitting in your truck. You're a dumb dumb. You telling people I'm a scam. Hit up my clients, dummy. Hit up my clients and ask them how they doing right now. Every one of my clients minimum taking home $10,000 a month after they're paying their drivers. After filling up fuel, and hell yeah, I double broker. I've probably double brokered a load to you, and I teach all of my clients to double broker. For people that don't know what double brokering is, you book a load with your carrier MC from a broker, and you resell it to another carrier. <laughs> yeah, double broker. Guess what? I've probably double brokered a load to your dumb ass. So at the end of the day, don't get mad. I know you're doing bad with loads. Call me. I could get you right now from L.A. to Florida about $7,000. They're full load partials that I'm going to sell to you for way cheaper. I'm going to make about 1000 off you because I'm double brokering it. But tap in with me, bro. Peace. All right. So there you go. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's break that down. So, <laughs> it's just too funny. Like, that's, that's where we're at in the, in the logistics industry, in the freight industry. And Dooner talked about this on what the truck today with his guest is it, it's, it's that brazen to the point where he with a hundred over 150,000 followers on TikTok will willingly admit to committing load board fraud, which is against the law. In what world would anybody implicate their themselves of, of, of a crime like that? 
that doesn't make any sense. But that's that's just how brazen uh, it has gotten in this industry. Why is it important? Why am I talking about it on the show? If you're a non-driver, if you don't work in logistics, why does this even matter? Why are you tuning in right now? I can tell you why. Because that's just one sp- number one. He's just he's just one guy. He's probably working with a group uh, out there in California, a group of people to keep this scheme going. But there's hundreds of them, multiples everywhere. A lot in California, Southern California, a lot in Chicago. And not just here in the States. There are office buildings in Serbia right now, office buildings in in Ukraine, office buildings in uh, Russia. There's office buildings in Eastern Europe where there are people on the phone all day calling, sniping loads off the board and reselling them to motor carriers. And the reason why it's gotten so bad, because what's crazy is, is on LinkedIn, you never saw people really complaining about this two years ago, three years ago. Reason being, the loads were plentiful. And I know I said this before, and I've been saying this online, but essentially, he's right. Having a little bit of trouble on loads. I said at the beginning of the show, I'm waiting on a load. I'm not, I don't deal with brokers anymore because Warren, you know, we move customer freight. But, sorry, phone keeps dropping on Instagram. And I'm trying to... I got it on Instagram live right now and it keeps, uh, keeps dropping on me. But so anyways, lost, uh, lost my, lost my train. So yeah, loads are bad. He, uh, so a couple of years ago, when the loads were plentiful and they were paying fair wages, fair rates, nobody noticed. But now like, you know how the water in Lake Mead has been drying up in, uh, you know, out there in the, in the desert, you know, fucking Vegas area. And they're finding all those dead bodies and uh, the sunken ships and all that stuff. That's exactly what's going on now. Freight market's drying up. Freight market is drying up. The freight market's drying up. And all the dead bodies are now popping up because of it. They're seeing everybody is being able to see all the fraud that is going on in the market today. And they see how, how we see where it's coming from. Uh, I have a live comment here from Andrew Barley saying, so you're saying never become a broker. No, definitely not saying don't become a broker. What I'm saying is you have you have competition now like you have ever seen. Because on LinkedIn, uh, friends of mine, friends of the show, uh, a lot of people, they constantly are talking about freight fraud. The only reason I knew that uh, number of a billion dollars of fraud and transportation this year is from a broker that I'm connected with on LinkedIn. It is what they are all talking about. Reed, friend of the show. Guy who made these hats, go to pleaseadvise.ai if you want one of those hats. He is developing an entire software that helps brokers alleviate double brokering because if you use the service Lost Freight, L-O-S-T-F-R number eight, if you use that as a broker and you build relationships with carriers, because that's the thing. People are like, oh, we don't want the government involved. We don't want the government to stop it. The government's got to do anything. And when the government's already involved, if this is up to the FMCSA to enforce, they chose not to. They've admitted that they don't do anything because they're worthless. They've been worthless since they've been around. They don't want it to happen. The free market could fix this. You want to know how the free market fixes it? By building relationships with customers. By be- But since the last few years, since the market was so good, carriers and brokers decided to treat freight as a dating app. And nobody built relationships. Nobody became friends. They just all swiped left and right on each other. Well, guess who took no? Guess who? Guess who went all in on that? Because this double brokering, and this is where it fits my narrative pretty well. 
This didn't really start becoming a thing until technology came. The advancing of the load boards, the use of mobile phones and the apps. That's what made it so easy. It was a fucking Trojan horse. This technology was invented. And with the advancement of this technology and without the proper regulations in place and without the companies doing due diligence, because DAT, the largest load board out there, is doing nothing. Two years ago, they told Clarissa from Freight Waves, we take this very seriously. That was two fucking years ago when everybody was making money. Where's DAT now? Radio silent, not doing anything. They don't have the money. They don't have the resources. What are you, ta- what are you talking about? So we invented this technology, Trojan horse. We just let in. Now our supply chain has been compromised by foreign entities. It's been compromised by these uh, syndicates out there on the West Coast and in Chicago. And nobody's doing anything about it. In fact, what's crazy is that you know, where all these brokers on LinkedIn were talking about double brokering and always complain about it, they they couldn't believe to hear it for themselves when they all saw the video of G-Face brazenly minute. They can't believe it. But that's the thing. So a lot of these brokers are caught in the middle because a lot of these brokers own their own brokerages and they, they own small businesses. And a lot of them uh, like to believe that they're these or like to like say that they're all about the free market, less government, less government. And it's just like that argument immediately dies when this happens, when that when somebody, when unfair competition enters the market and starts encroaching on their business. That's the thing. They're all about the free markets until somebody comes in, circumvents the law, circumnavigates, circumvents, whatever the fuck the word is, goes around the law to take take out of their pocket. Now, look, it is the job of the FMCSA to uh to uh for brokerage oversight they're doing nothing like i said friends uh friends of the show uh went to the transportation research board which uh consisted of the fmcsa to talk about driver pay just a couple months ago members of the fmcsa didn't know what a w-2 driver was that's who the fmcsa is the fmcsa just to remind you is a group of unelected lawyers who've never worked in transportation. Why are people involved with federal motor carrier safety? People who have never worked for a motor carrier. They're just people who went to college for political science, got jobs with politicians, got jobs in politics. And then this was a six figure job that opened up for them. And so there are these unelected lawyers who sit and sit on the FMCSA and then they're fed information from members of Congress and from the Transportation Research Board, which is all from people whose money is influenced by the ATA. There you have it. There's your cabal. The ATA doesn't care about it because here's the crazy part. And this is what the the link is. And I went on the Cents Per Mile podcast several weeks ago. Go check them out. S-E-N-S-E, Cents Per Mile. Great guys over there. We went on this show to talk about the comparison between these Chicago-based carriers and the frauds out in California and the mega carriers, because they're essentially doing the same thing. They're suppressing wages. They're moving cheap freight. They self-insure, because that's the thing. For these guys to do what they're doing in California, they must be self-insured. They have to be, they have to be doing something with the insurance to, uh, to keep this going. They're doing the same thing the mega carriers are doing. And you know who fucking loses? And I'm not really, like I said, I'm still here. I'm I'm status quo. But you know who's been losing? 
the carries who have been around for 10, 15 years, brokers who wanted to start a business. It hurts American small businesses. It hurts the United States. It hurts you, the consumer, because all this fraud rolls out on you. Inflation does, just, just doesn't. Now, I get inflation. Well, yes, I know inflation comes from the printing of unnecessary money. But hey, this printing of unnecessary money is what is also what got us here. It's why the demand is also so low. So that's why the fraud's coming. So the inflation's even worse because of the fraud that's into the market. I'm not saying it's the only factor, but it is without a doubt a factor. And nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's talking about it. The fucking U.S. supply chain has been compromised by foreign entities and also entities within our own country. And nobody's doing anything. But on the news, because here's the thing, everybody in America is... Too busy arguing about fucking Jason Aldean. They're arguing about Bud Light. They're arguing about the host of the fucking of The Apprentice. They're arguing about shit that doesn't fucking matter. Period. Everything I listed, the culture wars, none of it fucking matters. At the end of the day, go outside and fucking touch grass. I bet you it doesn't matter that's, that, oh, that Bud Light had whoever the fuck on to advertise a beer. Jason Aldean, he's from Macon, Georgia, and he, and he didn't even write a song. And you're crying about it because we need something to cry about. Donald Trump isn't the fucking president, and you're still crying about him. You're still arguing with your neighbors. When are people in this country going to get it through their head that it is us versus them? We the people versus them. And by we the people, I'm talking about the neighbor who lives near you who might have voted for Biden. I'm talking about the neighbor who's near you who might have voted for Trump. Guess what? You have more in common with each other than you do with these demagogues and oligarchs that you vote for and worship every November. This is the price we pay. This is why it's by design. The mega carriers, the ATA and the FMCSA, they don't give a fuck because they're all staying rich. So why do they care about the criminals who are doing the same thing as them? Because those criminals who are doing the same thing as the big guys, the criminals who are doing the same thing as the big guys, they're they're all going to eat up the competition. They're all going to eat up the competition. So that way, when the time comes, all the big people can maintain and seize control. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's what we've got. That's where we're at when it comes to the state of logistics. And where's the media on this? Where's, you know, you'd think Fox News would love to eat this up because it's under the Biden presidency that the supply chain is compromised. Yeah, I'm giving you a story there, Jesse Waters. Feel free to slide in my fucking DM there, buddy. Where's that? Where's anybody on this? Radio silent. Me, jerk off. Nobody. In the back of a truck in Laredo, Texas is the only guy talking about this. Brokers on LinkedIn, the only people talking about it. That's what we got. That that that's where we're at. Let's go to some uh let's go to some live comments right now. Andrews asked another question. So how do they get around regulations? Isn't that market regulated? Well, see, that's the thing. The regulations are there. They just ignore them. And the thing is, is the people who ignore them, they don't have any skin in the game because they've separated themselves through the shell, through shell companies. So that way it can't, it can't kind of get back to them unless, you know, there's some sort of kind of in, investigation on it. There needs to be a deep dive. The FBI needs to do something like their job. And maybe something uh, can can get done on it. But that's the thing. They know the regulations and they clearly violate them and get away with it because they know. They know that the government's not doing anything. They haven't been doing anything. So why aren't why would they stop? 
here we have another commenter here it's not the responsibility of dat to do anything the fbi does a lot for double brokering they just have to wait until a certain dollar amount until it's worth it you hear that they have to wait till a certain dollar amount. That means if it's only $100 here, $100 there, they don't care. So as long, so that's the thing. You know how easy it is to game that game? Because when there's, when there's on, a, on a long enough timeline of there being thousands of loads, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, how much freight do you think is moving in the U.S. right now? How much freight do you think was moving two years ago compared to right now? So when that much freight is moving and you buy a – you buy a load for $1,000 and then you double broker it for $800. Well, I guess that $200 threshold didn't cross the FBI's radar. So, yeah, the FBI needs to be a little bit more involved. And for you saying it's not the DAT's responsibility, that's where these loads are being double brokered from. How many security questions I got to ask to get in my Gmail if I'm on another laptop? How much security I got to bypass to do anything on the Internet now? DAT, you can fucking switch logins, do whatever the hell you want. DAT should be taking responsibility. It would be the honorable thing to do. It'd be good for business for him. I just had the CEO of Truck Smarter on the show. He went into full detail about what they're doing about double brokering. Funny. He's been a, they've been a company for about a cup of coffee. CEO of Truck Smarter is my age. DAT's been around how long? And, and we're relying and Truck Smarter, the new guy on the block out there in the Bay in San Francisco, they're the ones who are who are solving the issue, who are doing what they can. They're barely getting started. They're working on, you know, they're, they're barely getting their wheels turning and they're already solving fucking the, the, the worst problems of the logistics industry. Come on. What world is this? Anyways, Andrew says, wait, so don't, you don't think Pete Buttigieg is doing a good job? No, he's not doing a good job. We have trains falling off the rails every day. You know, there's a lot of this going on. Uh, I appreciate you guys engaging. We've been uh, shredding out here. Well, you know, and it's funny. Relative of the show. Sorry. Relative of the show. Nick Lombardi says, what about triple brokering? The thing is that triple brokering is a part of it because I can bet that it is happening because it happens so fast that somebody in Serbia could buy a load, sell it to another double broker, <laughs> somebody else who's trying to do the same thing because the load's been reposted and then they sell it to an act and then they sell it to an actual carrier. And just so you guys know, people who are not in the industry, I hold a double brokered one once, once as a company driver. When I got to a shipper, I gave my pickup number and I was told that the carrier was wrong. So I said, Oh, yep. Uh, here's the pickup number. I'm with R and R solutions. And they're like, uh, that's the right pickup number, but I'm afraid I, I can't let you in. That's, that's not the right carrier. I said, well, what's the carrier? She's like, well, I can't tell you. So I called my dispatcher. I ended up talking to somebody in India. And then to check in, I needed to go tell them that I was with U.S. Express. Huh. U.S. Express, by the way, who was just recently acquired by Knight Swift. So it goes see what, see what they were doing with their freight. And so when you get the BOL for that load, it says that the carrier is U.S. Express. I get pulled over for a DOT inspection. I get a level one. Guess, guess who's fucked? Me. That's my CDL. That's my license on the line. That's who that's who gets to pay the fucking fine. What's wrong? Yeah. Rich, uh, Rich chiming in. DOT is what tech, the tech world calls dead tech. I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. They're resting on their laurels. That's what a lot of essentially they're. Yeah, they're they're doing they're doing what yellow wound up uh, doing. It's no longer innovative. They haven't changed since the beginning. They aren't hungry or focused on serving the customer. It's absolutely right. 
that's exactly what they do. They think that they can rest on their laurels. They uh, they believe that they're too big to fail. Nobody's never going to not use them. That's DAT's mentality. And unfortunately, um, I don't see how long that's going to last. It's funny. I was just I just peeked over to my Instagram uh, because I'm live on Instagram right now recording the show and it asked me if I wanted to block somebody. Somebody somebody must have said something mean. But uh, anyways, I just want to leave you guys with this when it comes to people uh, like G face and the things that he's doing, don't fall for course guys. There's one course guy out there and I'm going to give it, and he's not even a course guy. He's a real person. Cause I met him in person in Dallas and I've given him several shout outs because what he's doing is actually insanely, uh, brave because he doesn't need to be doing it. His name's boss man Brewster. And I, and I knew, and I knew going into this, I need to make a shout out because I don't want to be the anti you know, the anti everybody kind of guy, because there are exceptions. Boss man, Brewster, he doesn't sell courses, but he does help guys uh, get their CDL, get in a trucking hot shot. He's opening up his own CDL school, put it that way. So he does, he sells like consulting ways to get you into get getting jobs. Like he's helping guys get jobs. And I met him in person in Dallas. He was with a driver getting fuel, training him. You'll never see G face doing that. You'll never see the course sellers doing that stuff. He was out there in the streets teaching him how to do it. Now, boss man Brewster, he served he, he served 13 years in prison. His big preaching is big reform. That's what he t- talks about is big reform with helping out ex-cons get back to work and become and become business owners if they choose. So I give him the utmost credit. So I just want to I wanted to give him that shout out because that's respect that he deserves. And I don't want to seem like I'm pooling him in with G face. But when it comes to that. And this is just a general overall message. When it comes to people who flaunt material wealth on the internet, um, number one, you, you can't do anything more cringy, but know what they're trying to do with that. There's something inherently broken about people who feel the inherent need to show that sort of uh, wealth, especially as a proving point to me. If that, Because that's what he had. Because he let me, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. If I owned a Lamborghini, if I owned the one and a half million dollar house, uh, and number one, one and a half million in California, ooh, geez, if you go look at that video, it doesn't go too far now, does it? If I owned a one and a half million dollar house and I owned a Maybach and a Lamborghini, I, I wouldn't. But if I did, you know what the last person I'd ever give attention to is me, <laughs> is, is somebody like me who's, who's clearly baiting you. Because, and I've said this before, is that people who are better than you, they're not even thinking about you. It's the people who are below you. They're the ones who are your biggest critics. They're the ones who are talking the most shit. They're the ones who are always up your ass. They're the ones who are always going to be the criticizers. Notice I'm criticizing him because I don't have a Lamborghini. I know. I, was, I walked myself into that joke. But it's, it's true. He's, so he's, but the thing is, it's switched. He's actually below me because he gave me his time. He opened up his mind and he let me occupy free real estate inside his brain because he knows he's a fraud. If he was not a fraud, if he was doing the right thing, all he would need to be is authentically him. That's all you need to be to prove that you're not fake is just be yourself because material wealth is not real. Alexander the Great on his deathbed said, line the streets with all my treasures. 
to let people know that materials gained in the natural life we don't take with us. Bury me with my hands outside of the grave to let the world know that the man who won the world left with nothing. Alexander the Great said that. And so maybe I haven't been to prison, G-Face, but guess what? I went to the same deserts that Alexander the Great walked across. You've never been there either. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear the, about some honor thing. But at the but besides that, that's what Alexander the Great said, undefeated, greatest of all time. And here you are telling me that you think you're better than me, the Joe Dirt haircut vest-wearing push-up guy, because you own a car. Because that's the thing. Material wealth, that's right. You own a car, dude. That Lamborghini might as well be a fucking Honda Civic. It's got four wheels and engine. It goes straight. Takes you from point A to point B. Material wealth does nothing. You got a Rolex? I got an Apple Watch. Tell time, man. Apple Watch actually tr tracks my calories, too. I don't think Rolex can do that. You got a chain, dude? For what? Neck doesn't hurt. Gets a little heavy. What are you trying to show me? Just be yourself. You want to help this industry? Then tell me. That's the thing. If you were legitimate, he'd be on LinkedIn. He'd be talking about his legitimacy on LinkedIn, but he's not. He's not even on Twitter. He's on Instagram and TikTok to show people who actually need help, people who actually deserve more. He's showing them the wrong way. And, and I don't care who they are or what have it or, or, or what have you, but they need to be stopped. And if no one's going to do anything, like I said last year on the Fixed Bayonet episode, I'm a fucking nobody. I have a 10-year-old computer and a fucking microphone, and I'm broke. But I'll still do something about it. But there's people out there who've got platforms, who've got money, and they just, uh, no, uh, I won't do it. They let people like him walk scot-free, and they're robbing Americans blind. And so, somebody needs to put a stop to it. So if you guys could, that's that's going to do it today. I got to wrap it up because I got to roll on. I, I could roll on about this forever, about uh, why people need to, you know, what we need to keep doing. If you believe in anything I say, share, share the show with somebody, you know, relevant <laughs> or anybody. They don't have to be relevant. Share the show. Get it out there. Get the message out there. Your supply chain is under attack. It's as simple as that. Use that rhetoric if you have to. It's as simple as that. Supply chains under attack by crime syndicates and people committing mass amounts of fraud. Uh, and we need to stop it. And we need to start coming together as a country to stop it. There used to be a time where, you know, I guess we'd probably, we probably would have done that. But now it's, you know, we keep listening to what the powers that be want us to argue about. But look, that's going to do it. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, episode 86 of the Lombard Trucking Show, 47 minutes. We let it rip. Appreciate you guys all tuning in. Uh, looking forward to having some great guests on the show in the near future. Got a lady bull hauler who we're trying to schedule to get on. She's got a busy schedule. Um, young, young cat, fucking hard worker. Can't wait to talk to her. Any drivers out there, you want to come on the show, tell your story. Like I said, there's real value in the stories of drivers out there because real people, because people who actually get in this industry come from all walks of life. Like if you remember from Joe Seppi's episode, if you remember all the drivers I've talked to, they all come from all walks of life. And I find value in that. Even if nobody, not one person listened, I find value in their stories. And I think that those stories are very, very important to get on the airwaves. But thank you all once again to do it. That'll do it for episode 86 of the Lumbar Truckee Show. And we're back to the bench.